Support for this podcast is provided by Allergan, an AbbVie company. We've been creating innovative products and services for our providers and our patients for over 70 years. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point podcast. I am Jackie Garlick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell, and we are very excited to have a guest with us today, Dr. Lauren McLaughlin, who grew up in Brooklyn, New York. She graduated from Brooklyn College in 1992, magna cum laude, with a Bachelor of Science degree. After graduating from SUNY College of Optometry in 1997, uh, Dr. McLaughlin completed her residency in ocular disease and primary care at the VA Medical Center in Wilmington, Delaware. Dr. McLaughlin specializes in treating ocular surface disease and dry eye management. And we are thrilled to bring her on the podcast today to talk about how she is incorporating Oxervate into her practice. So I'll give you a little backstory on this. I was talking with my Dompe rep and she in a conversation was saying, oh, there's a doctor in New Hampshire that's like prescribing a lot of Oxervate. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Wait, can I talk to her? So this is how this podcast, <laughs> this, this particular <laughs> podcast formed is we wanted to talk to you about really how you're using Oxervate in your clinic and how you kind of got started with that, how you're finding your patients with that. So why don't you um, maybe start by just talking about the practice that you're in and a little background about yourself. Okay, so I practice in an MDOD practice. There's 14 doctors. Um, it's probably one of the largest practices on the seacoast of New Hampshire. I took over a dry eye clinic about three and a half years ago. And a lot of the patients had already been treated for dry eye, like had been longtime patients. Um, I kind of streamlined it more into um, more of a clinic versus just people coming in. So I have a dry eye counselor. I have a workup tech. I have a scribe. And Tuesdays from 7 in the morning until 5 p.m., all we see is dry eye patients. Um, we pretty much have all the latest technology treatments Um and as I told you before, the only thing we're not doing currently is IPL. So can you actually, I'm actually curious how you did this. So you and I were speaking before we started recording here, but you kind of took over this dry eye um, clinic that another doctor was doing. And then you kind of transformed that into this sort of dry eye um, day that you have on Tuesdays. And then you had this addition of a dry eye counselor. Like, what is the role of the counselor? Tell me your flow in that day. I'm sort of- Yes, so um, I have a tech who takes the patient back and we'll do like tear osmo, the Lipiscan, uh, Inflamadry, uh, speed score. Pretty much I have all these questions that I ask every patient. She'll take a complete history. We go through all the meds, um, you know, contact lens, right? The whole, the whole gamut of why you would have dry eye. And then I go in and I do some lid testing and slit lamp, fluorescein stain. Once I come up with a plan, I kind of educate the patient about it. You know, I kind of explain the two types of dry eye, where they fall in on the spectrum and what we're going to do to help them. And then I say, my counselor is going to come in and she's going to go over everything I want you to do. And so she has a sheet, she writes out everything. And then if there's any procedures that I want the patient to 
have, um, she comes in and she goes over what's covered by insurance, what's not covered by insurance. She has the consents on her computer. So she either comes out and says to me, oh, this patient's ready to go. I consented them. I set up the Blefex, you know, the tear care is ready on the counter or the Lipiflow is turned on. And then I go in and do the procedure. Um, and then she follows up at the end again. She does their follow-up and then gets them out. Um, we've been a little short staffed since we came back from COVID. Prior to COVID, it was really flowing well. Like my counselor would even come in before sometimes I got to see a follow-up patient and say, oh, are you using your vitamins? Are you using this? Or, you know, she'd really kind of go over everything. We've been a little bit uh, not so great on the follow-ups recently. And that's just because we're a little short staffed. Is your counselor someone different than a technician? She was originally a technician. So she can also do a workup if she needs to, if we start getting behind um, but essentially I just, we sat down, I asked some of the techs who was interested in dry eye because not all of them are. Um, and I went over, I said to her, this is what you need to do. I need you to go in and educate the patient. Like I only have so much time in the room to talk to a patient. So I kind of do like a very brief, this is what I want you to do. This is what we're going to call into the pharmacy. These are the procedures I think you would do great with. My counselor is going to come in and sit with you. And that way she has time to just sit in the room and answer any questions they may have. And sometimes she'll even come back. She's like, oh, patient has another question for you. And it's great. She comes and gets me. I go back in. And so it's not like I'm, I don't really have time to sit in the room for 45 minutes with a patient. Um, so she really like takes away a lot of that like stress of like, oh my God, I've been sitting in this room for 40 minutes. I need to go see three more people. <laughs> That's like me. That's a great idea. Uh, having like this counselor. So, so you, you will do like, this is sort of a side note, just in your yep. doing like tear care or whatever procedure you do those in the same day. Like you'll talk about doing it, say you need this. And then the counselor will come in and talk to the patient and describe it and cost or whatever. And then you, if they say yes, you're like doing it that same day. You're not having them back for it. Yeah. So I'd say maybe 50% of the time we'll get it done that day. I also base it on what the patient looks like. A lot of these patients are sent to me by either my, the docs that I work with. Um, and we have eight MDs and five other ODs, or there are patients that are sent to me from outside practices. Mm -hmm. So if it's someone who's really severe and I'm like, okay, you really need to do something. Like we need to get you moving along with this. Sometimes I just have them start vitamins, brooder mask, like some sort of lipid preservative free lipid tear, a lid spray or a scrub. I'll tell them to um, like, if they have a decreased tear prism and they've been on tears for a long time, I might do a pharmaceutical as well. And then I have them back in about 10 weeks. And then if they're still like, eh, I feel a little better, you know, well, you really would benefit from one of these procedures. But there are some patients like today, I had a patient that came in and she's just absolutely miserable. She's like, I will do anything. So today we did her procedures today. I have like a little bit of room in the schedule. I have a separate procedure room so they can take them out of a regular exam room, put them in the procedure room. And then we kind of work them through the schedule. Okay. Okay. Well, this makes sense as to, you know, how you would have a lot of experience with um, Oxervate in particular, I'm sure with those referrals and, um, you know, kind of being a few doctors down the line of a dry eye patient, NK definitely becomes something that you see more of. Do you do corneal sensitivity testing on all of your dry eye patients? Is that part of how you've been able to diagnose that so easily? Yes. So I don't, I wouldn't say I do it on a hundred percent of the patients, but definitely after um, the rep showed up that day and in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't have many NK patients. I don't know. What, I, I don't know that I'm going to do much with this drop. 
And then I'm like, well, maybe I should start checking that on some of these patients with this recalcitrant SPK. And I was actually shocked at how many of the patients really are like, I mean, they have NK. They're just, I'm like tapping away with the Q-tip and they're just like, hmm, like, wow. So that's why this SPK hasn't gone away. So it's kind of like one of those like, light bulb moments. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I need to start checking this on many patients. So I probably check about 75% of them. And there's some that I know don't have NK, you know, just a, someone sends me a dry eye patient. They're just starting to have dry eyes. They don't have any SPK, you know, it's, they have some symptoms. I'm not going to check someone like that, but pretty much every patient with SPK I check now. And you're just doing, um, the cotton wisp. That is your, yeah. But what I did learn, um, a while ago, I was in like a think tank, for Oxervate. And someone suggested possibly not just checking central cornea, like checking different quadrants. And that is huge because I did in the very beginning, I had a doctor send me a patient to see if they had neurotrophic keratitis. And I checked centrally and the patient blinked. And I was like, nope, it's not neurotrophic. And this patient did not get better, came back like a few months later. And this is when I knew I started checking different quadrants and definitely like nasal inferior there were parts where she could not feel anything, but yet if I tapped right in the very center, she still blinked. So I was like, hmm, there is something to the quadrant thing. So now if I have someone where more than like, I'd say two or more quadrants are um, desensitized, I will definitely start Oxervate. And when you're doing that, are you doing this? This is sort of like just how, how exactly you do it, but do you do it behind the slit lamp or are you standing in front of the patient? No, I, I usually stand to the side of them and just come in with the wisp and I just check the different areas. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting about the central because maybe some of that could be even, you know, a reflex because they can see it more when it's coming straight at them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's funny though, real neuro, like when I find someone with like real neurotrophic keratitis though, they see me coming at them and And I am tapping and they don't budge. I mean, I had someone who was almost a stage three and I mean, she didn't even, she didn't even, she only knew I was there because she saw me standing there. Like she had no idea what I was doing to her. So then when you've got a patient like this, you are then talking about Oxervate with them and like how does that conversation go with you and then what you know how has been the how has the experience been with your patients when they do this because it's a bit of a process you know to like yeah so and and that has kind of um that was a little clunky at first um but you know so now it's more of a so i've checked your cornea and i do think you have neurotrophic keratitis which i think we can try everything but things are not going to help like you really we now have a drop that can actually help your corneal nerves regenerate and then my scribe has actually been trained in Oxervate because it's too much with the dry eye counselor and everything going on. Mm-hmm. So my scribe will then go get the Oxervate paperwork. We go over it with the patient. We sign everything in the room. She will tell them it's going to take a minimum of five to six weeks until it's actually at your doorstep. I mean, I don't know for you guys where you guys are, but I know in New Hampshire, it takes about six weeks until it's actually in the patient's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tell them, so the other really nice thing about working for an enormous practice is we have a whole separate office that does all the PAs, takes care of all of that stuff. So I then intramail yeah. Lady Stacy, and I'm like, so we have an Oxervate patient. We fax the paperwork over to her because they're actually at a different building than we are. And she starts the whole process. 
just just really rub that in, Dr. McLaughlin. <laughs> Sorry, I know. I feel very fortunate. And I think that's why Oxivate runs so well in our practice yeah. because it's all about Stacy. Actually, I think Oxivate reached out to Stacy to ask her to do like a forum to teach people how to do this. She's super shy though. And she was like, oh, I, I'm really flattered, but I would never do something like that. I'm like, Stacy, you'd help a lot of people if you did. <laughs> But yeah. so she's got it all down and then she'll send me emails like, okay, the insurance approved it. Now it's going to um, a credo. And like, so it's super smooth on my end once Stacy takes over, but I can tell you, it still takes at least five or six weeks until the patient gets the phone call that it's going to be delivered. Hmm. And then, well, that's interesting too. I wonder what geographically, cause I've had a few patients recently that I started and I have trained also my scribe to do it. Um, the PA and it, it's been easier than I thought. Like when Dompe came in and went through all the steps, it was a little bit intimidating. But then when we actually did the steps, it was, I think my patient got it maybe in, in two weeks. So that makes me feel. See, and I've spoken to other good. doctors yeah. that say they get it in like two or three weeks. I haven't had a patient that it hasn't taken less than six weeks. So I don't know why that is for us. Mm -hmm. um, so what my scribe will tell the patient is the second you get the box, please call the office. And then we have them come in and she shows them the YouTube video and she trains them in the office how to use the drop. That's a great idea. I might also add that most of my patients are over the age of 70. So mm -hmm. I've had like three or four 95 year old patients that they come in and they've been trained. I mean, everyone's done phenomenal on it. We only had one woman who hung up on them. She decided she didn't want them calling her every two weeks to tell her that the drop was coming. So she started hanging up on them and I had to discontinue the drop and fill out an adverse event. I'm like, it, well, it's not because it didn't work. She doesn't want to do the drop anymore. And they're like, it doesn't matter. You still have to fill out an adverse event form. So just one okay. failure. <laughs> and what about the, what about um, the increased pain sensitivity that obviously is part of regenerating? Yeah, so I tell them, I always tell them between week four and five, they might start having some pain and it's tolerable pain, and it actually means that the drop is working. So if you can tolerate it, we're gonna keep motoring through. And I also have not had a single patient tell me the pain was intolerable. Um, and then I like how you're doing that, bringing them in once they get the product, because it is different than any eye drop that a patient has ever used. Yep. And being able to walk them through that, or whether it's a caregiver, maybe in some of your elderly patients, you know, showing that person how to, to do that as well. That's a really great um, advice. So thank you. Um, what about your follow-up after you start them? Do you see them at a month? Are you waiting till eight weeks? How do you do yeah, that? Yeah, I wait until they start week five, because that's typically when they start having some sensation. And I do like to, I, so I usually take, uh, originally I wasn't taking any photos. Now I've been taking photos of all of them. Um, I take a photo pre-Oxervate, I take a photo halfway through, and then I take a photo at the end um, mm. just to document the progress with it. You know, I like as these new medications come out because I feel like it helps to um, re-educate us to things that we might have been taught about, one of which is the importance of testing corneal sensitivity and different methods of doing that, like you spoke to, even the way you grade NK. So do you want to um, tell us just a little bit about how you're doing that in your clinic? Yeah. So I use the Mackey classification and I would say most of my patients are like stage one to stage two. Um, I had one patient who had the big, she kept, she came in, she was treated 
by multiple docs in the office. Everyone thought it was SPK. She kept getting worse and worse and worse. By the time I saw her, she had the big, looked like a huge abrasion, superior in her eye. And I'm like, uh, wait, this is NK. Um, so I tested her sensitivity. I mean, she had zero sensitivity. She is now 20-20 and her cornea is completely back to normal. Okay. I mean, it was she was one of my incredible cases. But what I started finding was, again, it, it's all because that light bulb went off. Like, okay, now if people have SPK and they're like, oh yeah, I've had dry eyes for years or I'm a diabetic or I'm this, you know, I've, had, I've worn contact lenses for 45 years. Um, now I check anybody with SPK and it's interesting to see that most people with just this, you know, coalesced SPK or even just grade two plus SPK all over their cornea, you check their sensitivity and most of them have decreased sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So my, you know, I started kind of changing the way I thought about it. I'd much rather treat someone at stage one than wait until they get to stage three and have them constantly back in the clinic trying all these different things when I know Oxervate works. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at, you know, and I might, I don't know, maybe as time goes on, things change with the drop and stuff like that, things might change. Uh, makes me a little nervous because I think so far every single one of my patients has been given the grant, like because the price was like insane. So they've all qualified for the grant. Mm. Um, and I said to the rep, I'm like, so what happens when the grants run out? She's like, don't even think about it. Just keep prescribing it. And I'm like, okay, at some point <laughs> they're going to realize that NK is not as rare as we thought it was. Yeah. And I don't know, they're going to keep getting, you know, be able to use the grants. So, but for now we're just going with it. Yeah. You know, when I, so I was, previously testing, I think people weren't maybe testing neurotrophic for, for it, um, you know, corneal sensitivity testing. And I honestly wasn't testing and I was doing the central, I definitely wasn't doing quadrants until my, I was talking to my rep about this, but I was taught, I worked in an ophthalmology group and we did dental floss a lot, which yep. I think that's, um, I kind of think the wisp is better than the dental floss just because the dental floss is sort of a lot. I feel like I get a little more sensation than I would if I were just using a wisp. Do you ever use a dental floss or is that just something that I learned? I've never used a dental floss, but I think Paul Carpecki uses dental floss because any dry eye form I've ever been in, he always talks about how he uses <laughs> dental floss. Yeah. I also felt like it was a little easier in COVID with um, instead of the wisp because of the glove and then the yeah it's real hard to pull the cotton out with a glove on yeah 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 oh this is great how many patients do you think you have on Oxervate uh I think the rep told me recently I think we've had at least 60 on Oxervate oh yeah that's a lot yeah um that is definitely a lot but I think it just goes to show that whole proactive approach and um you know the other group I'm sure you're testing are the post-LASIK patients that maybe have Yes. SPK. Yep. Um, what about anybody you've had to use it on more than once? I've heard okay. about a few. Yes, we've had. Um, so the other aside, the other side to the dry eye clinic is we have two glaucoma specialists at our office. Um, and I had them start sending me a lot of their patients and a lot of the glaucoma, long time glaucoma patients have neurotrophic keratinus. Um, and so I have, I'm trying to think, two, I think that were glaucoma patients, long-term glaucoma patients. And I had two Sjogren's patients that were very, um, probably like stage two NK. And I've retreated four, I think we're up to four people, maybe five that I've had to retreat with Oxervate. 
So they looked really good. And then as they started, like, so I usually see them right at the end of the treatment. And then I go like a month out and then I'll go like three months out just to kind of keep up with them, see what's going on. And the one patient who had Sjogren's and she had been suffering for years and years and years with filamentary keratitis, her vision was awful. Um, she was like 2100 in one eye and 2060 in the other eye, always miserable, always complaining that she couldn't see. She did her first round of Oxervate. And I mean, I was, she was my very first patient too that I put on Oxervate. So I was amazed when she came back in what she looked like. Um, and she said, I haven't seen this well in years. She ended up kind of regressing a little. We did another round of Oxivate. So she went a little bit longer the second time. So the first time, maybe she went about three months. The second time, maybe about six months. When she came back, I started to notice a little bit of SPK. So I actually did a dry membrane on her with a bandage. And that kind of knocked it out. Um, to this date, I'm still kind of doing dry membranes with bandages with her, like every, I don't know, three, four months. Her vision is 20-20 in each eye though. And she is absolutely thrilled. So she was a redo twice. And I, I think there's three other people that I've redone. The other three though have held, like they've been great. I haven't had to retreat them. Uh, maybe one of them I did a membrane with. But so I do notice with the, the patients that have probably had NK for a long time, I think sometimes they need to be retreated. Mm -hmm. There's no scientific like basis behind that. It's just from, I know who those patients are that I had to retreat. And I know they've been seeing, they've been at this practice for 30 years and people have been like, you look, go through their records and oh, dry eyes. Oh, SPK. Oh, it went away. Oh, this. Like, so, you know, it's been years that they've had dry eyes. Mm -hmm. Your particular patient that was seeing terribly, was that her complaint was just vision or did she actually? Yeah, she couldn't feel, she couldn't feel anything. Yeah. Okay. So I presume. So she was, and I think someone had tried to Procara on her like four years ago and they're so uncomfortable to Procara. So when, you know, when I said to her, well, we might have something, I'm going to try this drop on you. She was thrilled. She's like, I don't want that membrane again. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's unbelievable. I cannot believe she's 2020 in each eye. Yeah. That's incredible. And a great, great story. Great first patient story. I know the first one. I was like, wow. Well, that's probably, you know, I think that's a lot of times the trick, right? If you have um, a bad experience with something that's new for your first go round, you become much more cynical, resistant. Like yep, that you know, is true. Right. You kind of then get in your own way of trying it again. So I think you know, I think having that success is probably what has um, really launched you into having these 60 patients. But, you know, the other side of it is every patient is different and don't let that become your barrier, you know, just because, you know, actually I was doing some dry membranes years ago and I kept getting these weird acute red eyes. And now I'm using a different brand and I'm just put one on the same patient that I put this dry membrane on. And actually she's my Oxervate patient as well. Um, and I said, I really want to put that membrane on your eye again. And, you know, we both kind of paused and held our breath. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been having a lot of better success with this brand. And she made it through the week and everything was fine. But, you know, some doctors just kind of give it up. Like I tried that once and it didn't work. So I'm glad yeah, it was. I've, I'm had, glad it I've was. had great success with the dry membranes in the last, I'm going to say the last nine months or so. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I heard from actually Dr. Uh, Tracy Dahl, 
in in doing i i think it might have been even an, an ad board for um john pay or something but um we were talking about nk and she said because she came out of academia into private practice recently and what she said was what i'm surprised with is how tolerant we have gotten at as a profession at seeing spk and not really doing much and you know that is exactly the the patients that then are trickling into your doors that have you know, have NK and have had this SPK for years that maybe hasn't been resolving. And, you know, I, I do think if you're seeing any corneal involvement that you need to start taking action, right? It's not yep. the beginning of something. It is more downstream as far as inflammation goes. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Okay. Lauren, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, this was like very insightful and, um, really great to talk to someone who's like had such great success with, um, this newer FDA approval. So I appreciate you taking the time and talking with us today. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And now for the, to the point wrap up, remember that old saying, it's not rare if it's in your chair. Neurotrophic keratitis, or NK, may be thought to be rare when it comes to our dry eye patients, but maybe it's not so rare if you're doing the right things to identify. Are you testing corneal sensitivity on your patients with recurring SPK or keratitis? We have a lot to learn from Dr. McLaughlin and thank her for her time and dedication to NK. Oxervate is a great medication that can help improve corneal sensitivity and I challenge you to test corneal sensitivity, grade corneal staining, and prescribe something like Oxervate when you're thinking about NK.